0: At the risk of starting the show with the same thing two weeks in a row, I don't know if that's like passe or cool or how that works out, but I just wanted to give like a general update on my underwear situation. I know that you were curious.
1: Yes, very important. Have you made the transition to boxer briefs? The world needs to know. So I
0: have been I have been doing it this entire time between two recordings. I bought eight ish different pairs. Uh and, and, and I'm trying different different brands and configurations and sizes and tightnesses. And and I think that some are more This is such a Joey thing. This is such
1: a Joey <laughs> way to do this. You literally you you bought multiple different pairs of boxer briefs to I, have I mean it's smart. It's smart. It's just like it's I feel like most people would just buy a pair and just go with it. but you you have to like break these things down as much as possible. I'm I respect su- it.
0: I'm surprised that I haven't started a spreadsheet yet for myself because that would be the only way that I could make this more of a neurotic thing. so um <laughs> so 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 definitely helping with the chafing problem. Happy to report back. But I'm convinced now that I actually walk incorrectly. Because, <laughs> because every pair, regardless of, like, how I'm wearing them, always seems to bunch up in the exact same way, which is on the inside of my right thigh. Like, it, it tends to ride up and twist a little bit. And I don't know if that's because, like, I walk funny. Because it, it's consistent with every pair of tight underwear that I'm wearing that, like, I, I, I'm i having this very, like, similar uh, size and and spatial problem with the fabric, and I think so. I think I'm walking funny, which is causing it to bunch up in like a specific way, regardless of pair and. That is what I find annoying about the prospect of wearing these at all, because even right now, literally right now, I can feel it. I can feel the constriction, and I can feel it on my right leg, and I'm just, like, not happy about it. Like, anyone who's looking in the mirror, because I haven't blurred my camera, will see me adjusting. Like, I'm not
1: you're not having a good time I'm
0: not having a great time there are some pairs that are better that are better than others uh, I, I think the one that I like the most is the Sax Platinum for anybody curious that, that's that's the current front runner
1: because they're uh, like a little bit think, looser you know what I am I'm actually probably going to get because I haven't gotten uh, underwear in a long time um, I will probably get some boxer briefs after you have figured out <laughs> the best pair, I'll do the I'm research. Use your experiment, yes, and and then I will get some of whatever you recommend uh, and see if I like them.
0: So if you want to buy boxers, <laughs> which I know is the is the preferred, I'm a big fan. Not a sponsor of the show. A uh, smart wool. Um, they're up in I think Seattle. Smart wool, just regular boxers. My favorite, like knit normal boxers. Mm, I think they're okay. like forty dollars a pair. Well worth it. Big, big, big fan of those. Forty
1: dollars a pair. Jesus Christ! You get some fancy ass underwear. God
0: damn, okay, Joey. Okay, okay, but like, okay, but like, what is is important to spend money on? Underwear I mean, feels like the, an important thing to to spend money. It? It, it, it it's touching your genitalia all day. You want to be comfortable.
1: Yeah, but I feel like, is there really that much of a comfort difference? I'm going to between, buy... like, I get it between boxers and boxer briefs. That's like a, a structure difference there, but like... Different pairs of boxers. I'm going to As buy you a pair, fit. and
0: and and you can compare them to like Kirkland or whatever Fruit of the Loom bullshit you're wearing. <laughs> and then you're going to have a problem because you're going to want more pairs of the nice one, and you're going to suddenly not be able to use your 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 off the rack Target bullshit.
1: <laughs> I'm just imagining like I'm gonna put on this 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 pair of boxers or boxer briefs that you're suggesting here, and it's gonna be like a light's gonna come down from heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah is gonna start playing in the background and be like, my god, it just cups my balls so so gently. <laughs> the pair that I'm wearing right now actually have a hammock
0: for your balls, so there's like a little piece of mm. fabric on both sides that just got kind of, they just kind of sit in. Um mm. I, I I think when you are, are are a small genitalia person, that stuff matters less. Uh, but you know.
1: Oh what? You you what you're accusing me of having a small dick. No, no, no! I'm talking about myself. What? I could just wear any kind of boxers or boxer briefs because I got a small PP. Is that a joke?
0: <laughs> my, my my friend, unironically, told me uh, when I was talking to him about this, this this boxer brief aficionado. He's like, "Oh, you wear boxers because like you're not like you don't have a problem with like uh, needing to hold stuff together when you work out. Like like you must be fine <laughs> because nothing is like is like bouncing around enough." And I was like, "I don't think I can be upset about you because you're not wrong, but also."
1: thanks thanks nick fuck off (laughs) now i I know nick yes now i know something about nick i didn't know before (laughs) that's great if i ever see nick again you know that's what i'm gonna be thinking of now you're gonna be like
0: well nick has a huge it's true he does it's 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 pretty he he really is um anywho um... (laughs) any
1: big dick viewers uh (laughs) of the podcast be sure to let us know how how you're how you're hanging with your boxers or boxer briefs
0: i I bet an informal study most of them are wearing boxer briefs
1: that's what i think that's what i think i've seen you randomly talking in the discord about boxer briefs other people were talking to me about it
0: i i was just i was reciprocating I, i i'm a good partner i just reciprocate okay all right all right fair enough if you want to join the discord you can uh, find it on patreon.com slash side or like in, in caps that uh, Wherever perhaps, uh all the, the place in this comments. I don't know Anywho, um, dude. I just got back from jury duty
1: <laughs> Okay, so how many times have you done jury duty because I have never What because I don't want it what I have never gotten jury duty. Oh, how? I don't How? know, but but I, I I think I might have inherited my mom's luck because I think she, she is, like, well into her 50s, and she has never gotten jury duty, I think, either. At least when she went through her, like, 30s, 40s, I remember we talked about it when I was, like, a teenager. She was like, yeah, I've never gotten jury duty, and I kind of want it. Uh, and I somehow have inherited her position in the system. They judge me to be unworthy of judging other people, I guess. I, great. I love it. I
0: don't know if this is an, is an appropriate question. Um, you are a citizen, right?
1: Oh, shit, Joey. You're <laughs> going to blow up my spot right here?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's okay. There's a lot of programs for you um, <laughs> that aren't super great, actually. Um, that is why I've been – so I am 29, and – in the last 11 years since I turned 18, I've been called to jury duty three different times. So that's like once every four years ish, I get a jury duty summons, uh, huh. which I think seems con- commensurate with uh, my parents and like other family members. It's about once every four years where we live. Um, and one time I didn't have to go in because my number wasn't called, but I got the 8 a.m. time slot today. And let me tell you that suck because i have to drive like over an hour to get there so i have to like get up at like six something and then drive for an hour and then sit oh. in a room and look i don't i don't i don't know if this is proper to complain about because th- this is going to feel really elitist the worst part of jury duty wasn't the waiting around or being there or like anything else uh, i didn't get called to go in an interview like i i was just in the room they didn't need a jury so then i left for the day but but the worst part about it was how annoyed I was at everybody else in the jury room not following the very clear instructions about like here's your piece of paper you have to sign out sign up you have to sign on this side you have to date it you have to tear this thing off and like you like 20 percent of the room just couldn't follow basic instructions or like had complaints or was rude to the staff and and I was like malding about it And I felt so much empathy for these people who, like, have to every day deal with these people who don't want to be here and fill out their fucking forms wrong.
1: You know, um, the military gives you a really, really um, intense experience in that. Because, like, if you think about, like, the building blocks of it... Right, you set up from the get-go. You set up people in a group mm-hmm. and say, "You all need to succeed together, and you are as weak as your weakest person." And everything he does that he fucks up is your problem, and you will get punished for his fuck-ups. And uh, that's that's why we have the ABCs, the one-two-threes, the break it down Barney style, because people cannot seem to handle simple instructions and you need to, to to like actually be be making sure everybody's doing their shit correctly because you cannot trust them to to be left alone with simple instructions and actually complete those instructions you
0: I, can't i was going you can't full circle it. on it like like i was feeling shitty and elitist because i'm like how often am i in, am i in like a room with like general population that need to like fill out a form and the answer i think is once every 4 years <laughs> and it, it dude it was it was so rough it was so rough i felt so bad for the court employees um I, I think that what you're saying is just reinforcing the fact that i could have never survived in the military
1: i mean i don't know why you feel elitist and bad about it because because just, okay well, well just well, be like conclu- fuck those people <laughs> but god like, damn but it like
0: okay but like the, the natural conclusion like shitty thing is like i feel a lot smarter than them <laughs>
1: and that's where yeah. the elite that They probably the elite. are i know but like there's a lot of stupid people in the world joey
0: i know but like i don't know i don't know man let's talk about other stupid people and not and not, right, and not me talk. and my experiences <laughs> yeah,
1: that's can we talk a good about, transition
0: can we talk about the entirety of team smg <laughs>
1: Let's talk about some real stupid people. Let's, Let's talk about SMG.
0: <laughs> dude, um, can 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 you, like, recap this for anybody who might not know where we're going? SMG, uh, Southeast Asian team, Division I, I think?
1: Yes, yes. They're actually a, a pretty legit team, um, and they kicked Ninja Boogie, who has had some pretty good showings. If you were to look back on his history... Um, in Dota, he's actually had some pretty good showings for, um, just, you know, like the teams that he's, the limited teams that he's been on, um, over the years, like they've all been very good. Um, but yeah, he crazily enough, um, this is probably one of the shittiest things I've ever seen in esports in general. Uh, there's a lot of shit that happens here. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of garbage practices that go around. Um, But if Ninja Boogie's story is to be believed, which I really don't think there's a whole lot of wiggle room here. I really am like also from my general experience with Ninja Boogie, which is not super in-depth, but I feel like he is being pretty truthful here. Um, and there's nothing he's really hiding. He uh, he got kicked from Team SMG uh, because his mom, uh, his mother was in the hospital and she was dying. And she was going to die in the next few days. Um, and they figured it was going to affect his performance. Uh, and so they kicked him and there is so much so many things that ninja boogie has gone through over the last few years Um, both of his parents have died in this uh space of about two years Mm -hmm. um and and the the only thing like that i can think about is the fact that he's put up with all of this uh and he still had amazing performances um, despite all of the grief and loss that he's gone through, first from his uh, father, now from his mm-hmm. mother, um, because he knew that she had, she had stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. So this has been something that he has been dealing with. It's been in his mental space for a long time. Uh, and he's been dealing with this, and he's still had great performances. Uh, and SMG kicked him when he probably needed... The support the most um, so this is just insane what a what a fucking awful story.
0: Should I even try and and you know devil's advocate this? like like what is the counter conversation? I mean,
1: what is the devil's advocate? like maybe he was already on the chopping block. they were already thinking about kicking him, and then this just kind of like was the the uh, the feather that broke the camel's back. Like that's the, the the only possible defense that is still incredibly shitty. It's still wrong, but that's the only other sign of the story I could possibly see, is that they were already thinking about kicking him.
0: Yeah, and they're worried about a poor performance, right? Like they're like, Well, we gotta perform and if we think this guy's the weak link, then we're we wanna go to T I. Mm-hmm. So let's get rid of him. But like, oh man, the, the the thing that the thing that gets me here beyond that is just how bad the the PR is, and like the the dealing with it from like a teammate or org perspective. I don't know if it's even a teammate said anything. But like, there's so many other ways that this could have been handled from them. Like, I, I'm just imagining a, an alternate universe. Like what? i would have done or what liquid would have done i think this like maybe it's like okay we don't want to play with this person anymore he's going through a time let's just um move him to the reserves temporarily and still pay his paycheck and like be there for him and then be able to move the decision a little bit later down the road where both parties could, like, have a conversation and not just be like, oh, hey, man, sorry about that uh, cancer thing. Oh, that mom story. Whew, Super rough. Uh, by the way, you don't have a job now. Like, like the, the, the level of heartlessness there is, I think, what people are just viscerally reacting to. That's what I'm reacting to
1: yeah yeah i agree and you, like uh there was it was pretty interesting ninja boogie did some some follow-up stuff and i think i remember him saying something about um the fact that like in a way this is going to be a relief um like he was gonna be he was gonna be able to focus more on dota right because he had been dealing with this loss that was coming He Mm -hmm. knew it was coming, Mm -hmm. and um, he was going to rededicate himself to playing the game because essentially, as, as, like, I I remember this line. He says there was, like, nothing left to hold him back. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like, this guy's just lost so much. He's like, fuck it, there's nothing else I can lose. Like, how terrible is that? Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I mean... (laughs) everybody's going to be backing him myself included. I really hope that he ends up on a good team. Um, and if he can't make it for this TI, hopefully we see him next year. Um, but yeah, what just, uh, an incredibly shitty story. Um,
0: thoughts and prayers, condolences. It's unexcusable. Also makes SMG just villainous to me.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody wants to see them succeed, no, at no, all. Not none no, of those players, no. not the team. Like, they can go fuck themselves. I hope they get bounced out of, of Division One, end up in Div Two. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be one of the rare to like. You know, we talk about bias and casting. Like if I'm ever casting SMG, boy, it's gonna be hard not to shit on them. Jesus
0: so just a big old loss Um, speaking of big old losses um, how long can I speak about the the, the Team Liquid Major situation you want to give me like 30 seconds can I I actually just take that 30 seconds that I'm allotted to have have silence for, for my thoughts and feelings
1: yeah, we, uh, so we ended the last podcast. I listened back to it. We ended the last <laughs> podcast on well, Group B was was strong, so maybe you're in the lower bracket, but at least you were in the good group.
0: We beat all of those ended. European teams two weeks ago. All of them. We beat all those European teams two fucking weeks ago. And they got like first the th- 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 and third and fourth. Oh, <laughs> well, we beat them all. And did not show up to the major. You got to you had to spend some time, presumably, with with a lion share of them. I know a lot of them were bummed because they're like the Swedish team and they didn't get to play in Stockholm on stage. Like um yeah. how 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 was how was that for you? Do you just like give Aiden a hug and be like, hey dude, sorry?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean there's um, Aiden is a um, he has an incredibly good attitude about things um so he eventually bounced back but um there was when i did the late night show um he did say that this was the hardest loss that yeah. he'd ever experienced
0: next to not and he making included the gyrocopter yeah.
1: yeah next to next to not making ti so um that says a lot about this situation um hopefully this is one of those things that this sort of loss will just push them um to grow and get better whatever blah 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 but uh (laughs) real shit real shit showing for sure because they ended up with zero dollars and zero dpc points
0: the the discrepancy i have become really numb to uh working for a team has made me numb to losses from a fandom perspective i think um uh-huh. it happens all the time we got teams in like 16 games like you know uh it, it it's much easier for me than before to be like oh man that's a bummer uh losing out of this major is the 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 closest thing that I felt to this is like the visceral emotion and sadness I had when like the Lakers lost the finals like in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> like th- th- this one was really hard for me as like both a fan and like a friend of some of these people because you know I, I'm not
1: a basketball fan but even I know not to have any sympathy for you for the Lakers not winning. <laughs>
0: Hey man, I grew up in
1: Los Angeles. Give me a break. Um, and then the Yankees didn't win the World Series. <laughs> like this is this is good. Like is I know I'm supposed busting. to tell you to go fuck yourself right now.
0: This, this, this is good ball busting. I appreciate all of it. You're you're <laughs> wrong, but that's okay. But yeah, like this this is a hard loss for me. On like uh to because I because I think the gap between expectations and results. is and that discrepancy was actually what made it feel kind of oofy.
1: Yes, Liquid went in as one of the favorites, for sure. Uh, I know multiple people had them somewhere in that top four. Um, you look at the raw talent on this team, you're expecting great things, um, but it seems like, for whatever reason, they just did not seem to click. There was think the something about dog the ship. meta of this patch. Yeah, I, think, think dra- I think the drafts
0: were kind of dog shit. I'm I'm not a professional. Listen. Will doesn't listen to this, right? He'd probably agree. No, he Will, doesn't. if you're listening he to this, doesn't. you would definitely agree.
1: I mean, William did draft. Uh, he was in the chair for the, the last series, series yeah. so yeah. yeah. So he he may take some personal front to that, but they. Uh, they certainly did Aiden not. Said seem to I, I, I out. Aiden said it on Twitter. I can definitely say it. Aiden said it. I mean, the, so me and SCG uh, had some conversations about this, and he said that it was an incredibly bad sign um, because no matter what, even if um, Blitz does do some great drafting, um, and maybe he's the best drafter on the team for that, that patch, even if he does do great drafting um the fact that you have like actually replaced the captain in the chair um he said that there's a there's a loss of confidence that's going to be like really important he says that like you you like even if it's like blitz just like ghost drafting for Insania. Like you want to be able to have the captain in the chair because there it is important to be able to have a captain that steals like leadership and for people to follow and a singular idea, right?
0: I mean, who and... else does that? Bulba? He had a good tournament, right?
1: <laughs> well, that's a little different because Bulba kind of, like in a weird way, I feel like Bulba is kind of the captain of EG, so That's it's fair. not like they I, I changed I was just doing things. a drive-by. I think that was yeah, yeah, that yeah, that,
0: yeah. Was, that was technically punching down.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it was punching down. You guys did place <laughs> ninth through twelfth, and they were the thirteenth team out of thirteen. So yeah.
0: <sighs> oh man, uh, who else? Is Jaoita? does that?
1: Yes some of the chinese teams do mushi does that um their gaming gladiators did that in fact their gaming gladiators did not have a mortal faith there um so they actually had to learn quote unquote how to draft on that team because they didn't have their coach to do the drafting that that so. that
0: feels like a potential giant pit flaw for a lan event <laughs> When the person who's done all your drafting can't be there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And yet they still place fourth. So go them. I mean, they they were definitely, uh, I think, one of those teams that had, like, very little to lose. Um, I actually had a conversation with Crit um, one night about this where we were talking about um, how, in a way, going out early in a tournament means that you can actually enjoy the tournament because there's some separation. You were so far out of being able to place anywhere that you can just kind of write off the whole thing. But the closer you are to being in the finals, watching the rest of the tournament sucks more and more and more because you are able to go and be like, we should have been there. If this one thing hadn't happened or if we had just done this, like we would be sitting in those chairs right now. If we didn't lose um, every
0: single game that the other team drafted Chaos Knight because for some reason we didn't do a lot of responses to it because we didn't think it was a big problem. Sorry, I was yeah, getting back to like, my previous And like,
1: EG was like so far out of it it's like, fuck it. They, there are obviously so many things you have to change there's no fucking regret to even think about it. You just chill out and enjoy the tournament. Also, expectations are a really big thing. Right? So, Gaming Gladiators they got fourth but they also probably didn't have like mm-hmm. high expectations like a Team Liquid or a like tundra maybe or eg obviously um those kind of teams who are expected like they go into and they they have the kind of players who have won tournaments and they are expected to keep winning tournaments i think Um, the only
0: team that had high expectations that even made it to the lower quarterfinals that was even the top one two three four five six was tundra i would say the other five teams in the top six did not have high expectations OG didn't have high expectations. They had stand-in. TSM is from North America. There's two South American teams in there, and Gaming Gladiators didn't have their coach-slash-drafter.
1: Yeah. TSM also had a stand-in at the start of the tournament, right? Yep. So, yep, yep, yep. I would agree. Uh, I think most of those teams, from what I understand, they were most excited about just basically qualifying for TI. Every single one of those that you just listed has, like, over a 95% chance to, to be going to TI now. So... Um, that, that's the thing that they were excited about, you know, they were excited to be qualifying for TI. They weren't sad about not winning the major, you know, you know, what um, made this... I think that says a lot about your expectations.
0: You know, I made this tournament, uh, bearable for me after the... What's that uh, Tyga,
1: Tyga. Yeah. Tyga. I knew you'd say that.
0: <laughs> very happy for him.
1: Yeah. And I know the liquid guys were very happy for him as well. So um, they really, I know they really were supporting Gaming Gladiators and OG. I know um, Duraccio, um was kind of close to some of the players on on Liquid mm-hmm. and uh, Blitz and stuff like that. So um, yeah, they were definitely they showed up to the, the they showed up to the stadium, supported their boys those those of them that were actually stayed at the tournament. A lot of players obviously left as soon as they. Got bounced out. I think all all the C teams were gone well before the end of the uh, end of the manger. Um Like uh, Crit actually left, and he came back because he wanted to play more Mafia. Oh, that, that's,
0: sounds that's like, that sounds. That's why he was expensive. on the panel. That sounds expensive. <laughs> he's,
1: apparently, he's like a three-hour train ride away. Oh, okay, also, okay. he's a he's a millionaire.
0: You're right, but it's still, expensive
1: for you. Yeah it's expensive for me it's not expensive for him
0: (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's true um i i I was super stoked for tommy i was super stoked about the story of og I, i think whether you like seb or hate seb the idea that he just came into this tournament stood in and then like won a major is a really good
1: story i think it's a really good story but there is a part of me that's that is kind of like that shouldn't that shouldn't happen I agree. Yeah, you can't just like have a stand-in for your captain and win a major. That like n- I'm saying that doesn't take away from OG. I'm saying it takes away from the rest of the competition in a way. I'm just like that. Th- that shouldn't happen. <laughs> that's what that's. I just kept thinking that every once in a while. I was like, this this shouldn't be happening. Does it beg the question
0: if this iteration of OG is actually better moving forward than the one before the tournament?
1: Oh, them having Seb. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. I think in a way, like I think having Seb is like a weird power up, because um, like Seb is goat status, right? So that's one thing. I think another thing is you probably are playing again a little bit more freely, less expectations, mm-hmm. you know, like, like that that whole thing. But then obviously can't continue if you were to like keep Seb on, you know, then the next tournament it's like okay, you're playing with your actual roster then at that point in time. So, it would be interesting to see in the multiverse what uh what OG looks like with Seb going into TI um versus Misha, but yeah, interesting uh interesting it's, stuff. I mean, at least OG knows they have a backup plan if um <laughs> if anything does happen if they can't get uh Bisha to TI. Preach.
0: Um do do we need to put more respect on South America or is this tournament going to have an asterisk on it by not having China here?
1: Uh, I think this whole tournament has a mega asterisk mm. on it okay. for sure. Um, that is, And that is not to take away from um, the poor performances at this tournament, but it does offer the potential narrative of like, maybe everyone could be knocked down, like, by two spots, you know? Like, l- let's say everybody, like, in 7th, 8th, 5th, 6th gets knocked down two spots by China- uh Chinese team being there, and, like, the top three get knocked down one spot by, like, LGD, you know, going through. Uh, I-, I think there there is an asterisk on this event for sure, um, but it was still you know incredible tournament fierce competition the meta was super interesting i think all in all it was like uh very i think it was great dota that was being played and i think it was a great event to be able to watch um but yeah i mean there's an asterisk on it but you know you play who you play who's in front of you there's only so much you could do in that regard
0: regardless of the asterisk I think that that I became a Picaz fan over the event, and and
1: they. Dude, can't, I told you. They can't I take told that you away. Pekaz is because the truth. I've been preaching this for like a year and a half. You have been. I've been preaching this to people, and this was his, this was the tournament he showed. All of a sudden, everybody was a Picaz fan. Yeah. And I was like, I've been telling you guys. You know what I think watch helps? Watch this guy. He's legit.
0: Having him on camera looking cool with like nice hair he
1: does look really cool he looks cool that silver hair he looks cool Uh, let me just say like i feel like there's a lot of dyed hair in uh in esports teams that looks like trash but uh that is a cool look right there
0: it's really hard to get a silver like that he probably had to dye his hair like literally three times to to get it to look right yeah
1: um, yeah, that hair is very damaged. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, it's super damaged. But like, he he's like an attractive person with cool hair who had a great tournament and is a phenomenal carry. Game over, man.
1: Yeah, he was actually out there looking like an anime protagonist for yeah. sure.
0: Big, 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 big. Uh, I'm becoming a cause believer.
1: Um, some
0: teams come out of this major and before the roster lock, just immediately start to shuffle people around. You were talking about, e.g., needing to uh, change things, and the most front and center change that happened, and potentially the one that has gotten the most press is that uh, G- the Jerak's J- return tour lasted six months. What's your take on that? Yeah.
1: Um. Well, it, it seemed like um, from the Twitter responses of like what Jarek said and what the EG guys said, and also. I didn't ask Jerick's about it. In fact, I wanted to in the late night show, but I didn't get it cleared with him beforehand, so I felt like I, I didn't want to ambush him. It's a good with call.
0: Question. Good call, yeah. But
1: yeah. Um, I definitely I, I would love to be able to talk to him about that because it did seem like it was kind of like a mutual understanding of just like things are not going well and we need to make changes. Uh, I am still concerned about the whole Nightfall offlane thing, um, but one step moving forward would be them having a traditional captain. I think that you kind of need somebody who's like, the buck stops here, Um, and it cannot be some weird amalgamation of your coach and your offlaner. And yeah, I I think that just doesn't doesn't work. So um, hopefully they're going to be able to fix that. Uh, still tbd to whether or not nightfall um he kind of fits in it just feels like he's playing carry from the offline role most of the time so yeah and i have never been a big believer in that um but then again you know like that that's og just won the whole fucking major with that you know amar's doing the exact same thing as nightfall and playing carry from the off lane he's just doing it better with a different hero pool you know so maybe it, maybe it can work it's just uh I've never been a big believer in it it feels like to me OG like if you place took Amar out and you put him on another team I feel like he'd fail um and what I mean by that is nothing against Amar I just feel like he's a great player and he's got a great style and you have to build around it sort of way you know there are some players who are just like that. They're good enough at what they do that you kind of have to, like, build around it. So um, I think that, I don't know, we'll see whether or not EG can can make that happen. Or maybe EG will still drop Nightfall, though I think the drop period has already ended. So. I think
0: so. I think it would have been dropped by now. So they, I think their roster's locked by the time we're recording this.
1: Yep, which means we're about to find out um, who is going to be locked in. It, I think the lock period ends tonight.
0: Oh, well, Quincy Crew did it this afternoon.
1: Yeah. It means I could... I'm trying to think, can I talk about the EG? Like, who they're picking up? (laughs) (laughs) No! I'm sure I can, right? I mean, Uh, you're going to drop the podcast a little bit, right?
0: Let's see. I mean, the earliest I would probably drop the podcast is four hours from now.
1: I think the lock period ends at midnight.
0: Mm. That would technically be a leak. Okay. I can hold you want, the show. You want,
1: me to t- you want me to talk about Okay, well, let's just hold the show then. All right, so they're picking up. Whoa. Yeah.
0: Probably the other big marquee one is, uh, I mean, aside from Ninja Pookie, <laughs> um, the, Sumail out of secret, which has been like lightly rumored uh, as the major was going on. Not hard confirmed, but kind of confirmed. And, uh, and Chrysalis in, in for him. What do you think yeah. about that change? The 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 Sumail yeah. stock feels interesting to me because it's just all over the place.
1: Seems like another situation where Sumail's a fierce competitor, and uh, I imagine Puppy is too. So uh, I feel like it's probably maybe a little less amicable, but it, I do feel like it's another situation similar to EG and Jerick's. Something's just not working, and so you gotta you gotta make some changes. And I. have Feel like this is probably both sides kind of agree that changes need to be made. Maybe Smail didn't want to get kicked, or maybe Smail left. I have no clue, but um, either way, uh, I'm sure he doesn't feel the worse about looking at new opportunities. The question is, what opportunities are available to him? Because um, it seems like with the rumors going around that he is trying out for different teams in different regions. So, that's super interesting. Much like the... He wants to make um, TI.
0: Well, that decision yeah, has yeah, to yeah. also be made tonight, so clearly you don't know about that one.
1: I mean, remember the Anna rumors that were going around? It seemed like he was trying out for multiple C teams. Right? Yeah. So, it um, does, does seem like uh, that is kind of like there are some superstars out there making the, the rounds and trying to find a team that they believe in and also the team whether or not the team believes in them. I mean, it's one, yeah, like, obviously you want a superstar like to on your team, but that doesn't necessarily magically make you a better team, you know? Look at spirits, you know? It's just, like, there are great many examples of, like, team chemistry. I hope teams have learned this, that, like, when you reach a point where your team chemistry is good and you're succeeding, you should not fuck with that. Just because you think grass is greener on the other side and like, oh, we're going to have the same success, but even better because we replaced our bid with someone who on paper is is better than that person. There are so many like ephemeral things that a player brings to a roster that you should not uh, underestimate the cataclysmic changes that can be made by just swapping out one player with another.
0: Do, do you think that Puppy's going to miss T.I.?
1: Oh, it'll be a, his first TI to miss. Um, you know, at this point in time, kind of down with it. Like, not no personal beef with Puppy, but I just think like it was a nice leg- legacy. He secured it. He was a final player to secure to having gone to every TI, and now let's just like cut that out. You know, good job, you did it, and now there's nobody who has been to every single TI. The person who and makes that that's... infographic
0: is going to be out of a job though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, you could still make the the infographics about how many people cuz there are tons of people who have only missed one TI. And it's not TI9. I remember suggesting this infographic for TI10. I said like everybody wants to focus on like, oh, puppy be the only person and like curl missed out, so sad. But like there are tons of people uh, like, Ice 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 is an example, I think. Uh, FY is another one where they missed, like, TI6 or something like that, you know? And it's like, it happened way back when, but they have been to every other TI, mm-hmm. you know? So, I, I think um, there's still some really interesting stories out there. Um, and I think it, it just itself, the fact that nobody... Will have gone to it every single TI if Puppy misses TI eleven is a story in and of itself. It shows how intensely competitive the game is.
0: I think it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know if this move is going to fix Secret or get them because they need both a high placement and a high major placement in season three. Yeah,
1: and like, Western Europe is feeling super competitive right now. I mean, they place three out of a t- uh, uh, three out of four uh, top four.
0: Three the top hey, four. teams
1: in the top four. Thank you. I struggle with uh, saying that one. And I think also it gave teams like Gaming Gladiators probably gave them a ton of confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, Uh that was something that like SVG mentioned is like these teams beating Team Spirit. It, it doesn't necessarily say a lot one way or the other, but it probably gives that team a big boost in confidence when they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, we beat the TI winners, you know? Like that means we can take it to the absolute best. Even a team spirit do, like isn't actually performing that well. It still like is a huge boost for the teams, especially inexperienced teams. So,
0: to to wrap out the roster swap, at least for this round, before we know everything next week. Um, yeah, Quincy crew. It's basically their old team again. Also,
1: <laughs> yes, um, I think.
0: Lels and and, uh, and on MSS paper,
1: yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to flame because um, I I like everybody who's ever been on a Quincy Crew roster. I think I think I've liked every player, but I feel like on paper we have gone from the worst Quincy Crew lineup to the best Quincy Crew lineup. I think like potentially this could be the best iteration of Quincy Crew yet, whereas the previous one felt like they were a distant third to tsm and eg um it really felt that way at the dpc and i know they had their issues with ponlo and stuff like that um but eg also had problems with nightfall and you know they still managed to in the end show up at least for the dpc so yeah, I, I I feel very good about this this roster personally. Um, I'm a big fan of Fada. I'm a huge fan of Laylas. I think he is incredibly talented as an off laner. Um, so the fact that they're they're managed to get their hands back on him again, I think is fantastic. And in many ways, it feels like one last ride for Quincy Crew because they've been it has been a long journey for them. And I feel like this TI, if it doesn't happen here. Like, fuck, man, when is it going to happen? You know, when are they going to have that breakthrough performance? When are they not going to run into OG? <laughs> you know, like, when is that finally going to happen? Because that's what happened. They just keep on running into OG and getting the shit kicked out of them by, true. by OG. So,
0: Can- yeah. Can I switch gears and and transition to the part of the show where I admit that I know about uh, 70 times less Dota stuff than you do and uh, ask you like a mechanics-based question? Hate me. Everybody was talking about Wraith Pack over this tournament. Oh,
1: yeah, that item's stupid.
0: It's stupid. Is is that the full analysis? Is it the item that is yeah. stupid? Is it damage reduction that's stupid? Because it seems like that as we progress through and eventually on the main stage, like that was kind of almost the defining meta point was damage reduction. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Damage reduction. So there are a lot of teams who are playing with the mechanics of damage reduction um, and amplification. Um, This is just a mechanics thing that, like, OG in particular abused at TI8 and TI9. Um, So, yes, it is a very stupid item. Um, I feel like there were people who do this. Like, I, for example, like, would play Core Venge and I'd buy Wraith Pact. Um, Because I was like, I know that item is broken. It's just a question of whether or not it's, like, um, accessible for a three or offline because you're not going to get it as a mid or carry and mm-hmm. it is kind of an expensive item so is it accessible to a three or four position because if you can get it it's obviously broken like the numbers numbers are just really good on it right 25 percent. like the damage reduction aspect of it is, is kind of bonkers a damage over time is kind of whatever there was somebody who dropped an infographic and read it about uh, Wraith Pact, and they, they would—they showed like damage done in team fights and whatever. Like, I—I I think the damage is—is is kind of uh, whatever, but I think the damage reduction um, is pretty insane. I don't know if—if if we went overboard, if we were buying it too much at the major, because it is kind of like a hard thing to judge, right? Like, when you take twenty-five percent damage off the top? Mm-hmm it's hard to tell like your dota sense how much that's actually doing right yeah so it's possible that we over invested into it and it's possible but um i think number wise it's pretty obvious that that is a really good item if you can make it work so how would someone be
0: utilizing it in their pubs is it something that is just much harder to do in their pubs because of the coordination aspect of needing it properly for team fights like, is it is something that you go um, tell offlaners to go play around with more because you think it'll help them gain MMR, or is this something for the big boys?
1: Well, there there's an upside and downside to it. Yes, you need to be able to fight around Wraith Pact, but at the same time, your Wraith Pact totem is less likely to get targeted, right? <laughs> so the lower MMR you are, the Wraith Pact is going to survive longer... But also, the higher MMR you are, the more impactful you're going to be using the item in team fights. So, um, I would say it's definitely something to consider, especially if you hero that it naturally builds up Vlad's in some way. I mean, it says so much when like Beastmaster was willing to go for that item over Helm of the Overlord,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, or they would go both, and they would have a, a doubling Vlad's aura that obviously isn't effective at all. It's like that you just spent twenty five hundred gold. On literally nothing that's um, a waste of money yeah <laughs> it is period. a huge waste of money but it's the, you know the the completed items did seem to be make it worth so yeah there's
0: one more thing that i want to that i want to talk about uh and, and it's you because you're my favorite person here mostly because i have Yings. some confidence issues. Um, I know that leading up onto the show and definitely behind the scenes uh you were you were talking about being a little bit shaky about your doing the late night show. First off, yeah. first first note, why did they just not call it the recap?
1: I don't know. Okay. I I never I, I never the my third <laughs> intro we switched things up and Richie opened up the the third show, but I was going to do a whole thing about, you know, uh is I was gonna use cap in as many ways as I could in one sentence. So recap with cap with the night cap, no cap, like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, that. I like that. That's fun. Never got to use that. Sad. The uh <laughs> if you know me, you know that I'm like um person who wants to be prepared for things. I'm not the best, I would say. Um at solo stuff or at improv. I'm good, but I'm not great. Uh, So yeah, I was kind of nervous about this show because there was very, very little um, that I knew about it going into it. (laughs) Uh, But we did it. And I think I did a pretty good job um, I think mm, there's obviously a lot of self-critique that goes into it. I'm not going to watch the third show. I have a bad feeling about the third show. I didn't. I haven't. Watched I didn't feel good show. about it. I, I don't think I'm going to go back and watch it unless somebody hires me for that again. Then I'll go back and watch it and be like, okay, what can I do better? But like, I'm I'm not going to watch that third show because I think I'll just be kind of upset because I think the second show that we did was quite good. I was actually pretty happy with that one watching it back
0: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah do we think I, it was just... a
0: successful concept like like if, if you pull yourself out of it or, or is that too hard for you to to even do and analyze like that
1: knowing the resources that were put into it so here here is what was put into this show the I had a producer Patrick um, we had a cameraman, Robin, uh, I had Richie, Zeke and Strank, um, Did he really make a myself. full menu?
0: Did, did he really make a full menu that got printed out for everybody?
1: Yeah, he, he was, he was a bartender for two years. In That's fact, really uh, cool. So how this originally, so originally it was just me and Patrick, uh, and that, and we were like kind of having to figure out the show. Uh, And then I was obviously talking to various people about this. And Avo said, oh, you should talk to Richie. Uh, He has he has some Dota themed drinks that he's already done up before because he was a bartender for two years. Um, So he already has some great ideas. And so I immediately transitioned that into, okay, fuck that. Let's not, because originally the plan was that I would be serving people wine, beer, like it would be a very different show. I think in some ways people would have to come up to the bar and I would talk to them while I would get them wine or beer or something like that. And I'm not sure how that I'm would more, work. I'm more so sus said, of that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was sus of that too. So I said, fuck that. Uh, let's have Richie on and let's have him be an actual bartender. Um, and make nice nice drinks and we can do like my thought process was is what I saw in my head was like a nice little mixology thing. Uh, where if this show had more resources, you would do like a nice close-up shot of the drink and you would do do a little uh, infographic of like what's in the ingredients and there would be Richie doing a voiceover of like, yeah, here, so here's what's in this drink right now. It's this, 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 you know, here's how I mixed it. Uh, yeah, enjoy. And then we would try it and be like, oh, that's really good, whatever. Like that in my head was like, people like mixology shit. Mm-hmm, so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, we can make this like a thing at the start of, of, of every one of the shows. Um but we the, sh- the show was too chaotic and we obviously did not have the resources um, to do anything like that. So um, but either way, I pulled Richie into the show um, and uh, everyone uh, that I Patrick and and the other uh, project manager and producers were were all like, oh, yeah, that sounds great like great idea so they greenlighted that we brought in richie brought in another talent also gave me somebody to be able to bounce off of mm-hmm. uh, richie brought a lot of great ideas to the show as well which was really important he's got a great producer mind i think so that was that was really good but yeah we pulled him on and then friday morning me richie and patrick had a meeting and we just kind of like figured out what the show would be now that we had seen the bar and I knew what we were getting, which was a camera and two handheld mics.
0: That's not I wanted unlocked. Richie.
1: I wanted Richie to have a a, uh, a one of those lipstick mics, one of the you know the the, the ones that you would see us using uh, for the DPC. And uh, we couldn't get that. We're only two handheld mics. Uh, I thought I thought it would have been better if Richie had like a more constant. Um, you too. <laughs> yeah but instead we had to do this awkward like hand mic pass off thing and then like as soon as richie gives me the other microphone and i go and roam he's gone from the show
0: which is hard to do when your other hand is holding a beverage too
1: yes and he's supposed to be making drinks the entire time yeah yeah
0: yeah 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 Yeah. also i mean now i'm just doing silly production talk but like uh giving patrick a gimbal so that we didn't get to see like how tired his arms were on camera would have been nice
1: oh i I did I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was a little shit. I shaky. didn't notice that part. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> the uh
0: um I I I liked that it evolved. I, I was it hard to convince people like hey, we're going to do an after show. Can you just come like hang out at the bar and get free drinks for 30 minutes? Or was that an easy sell? Yes, Cuz
1: that, that was the other part is that so I I was I was the talent hired for the show. I was essentially a producer on the show as well. And You're like Reese Witherspoon. And then I also had to to be spending like personal like capital like I had to use my relationships with people to get them to come on the show, um, because like they had this idea of like yeah you just tell tell us who you want and we'll bring them on and I'm just like it's not gonna work that way, like you guys aren't setting this show up to be an integral part. And you can't, like, force these players to come on the show. Like, I have to do it. I, they're like, yeah, just tell the player manager. He'll grab them. They'll grab the players. And I'm just like, that's that's not how it works. They're going to say no. They're not mm-hmm. going to be interested. I have to sell them the idea and plead and bargain and do whatever I can to get them on the show. So it was, it was a lot of things that I had to, like, put into it to, to just make it. And let me just say, Joey, every single day, the show the regular ESL show ends and they play the credits. And they, I, I feel like they never actually said anything about our show. Nobody in the stadium knew that there was this show going on. I, I, I went out and met fans and they're like, yeah, so are you going to be casting? And I was like, no, I was doing the show. And they're like, there's a show? Nobody knew about it. At all. <laughs> Which, considering my my reluctance with the show entirely i wasn't that heartbroken about it (laughs) you know i was just like well maybe less people watching is better but like they 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 didn't say anything about the show and then we roll credits and stuff like that and every day joey every day it's like five minutes till we're going live and the bar is empty (laughs) And I'm in WhatsApp in the talent group chat, like, please, guys, please show up. I, d- I really need you guys to be here. I don't want to do this alone. Please help me. <laughs> and every time I'm like, I'm like in some, some fucking pro players' DMs, like, okay, so like, uh, are you sure you're going to show up? Like, I really need you to be here. <laughs> Like that every single time, it was a fucking like, it was an adrenal rush of just like, okay, we are two minutes out and like, are people going to start showing up? And they would all show up within like the last minute of us going live. Then all of a sudden you would have a packed house and it looked really nice. I think the atmosphere was great, but it was empty five minutes prior
0: dude that and would it fucking give me,
1: scared the shit out of me
0: that would give me so much anxiety i i i feel like my heart rate increasing listening to you tell that story
1: yes so if you if you ever if you guys ever wonder like why okay so like um i did that show and i tried to do a little bit of self deprecating humor um you actually gave me the feedback that i shouldn't complain as much which i i tried to take that but like specifically i think you we, went like we 10 percent about- too far yeah. And specifically, we talked about a bit where I was like, oh, I'm going to like uh, look at my producer now and see if uh, hopefully we're almost done wrapping up the show. Oh, 10 more minutes. And if and I feel like that was one of those things where if I was better at executing jokes, I could have like if Slacks does that thing, then it's it's really funny, mm-hmm. I think. Right. Because he would have gone all into it and would have been like 10 more minutes. Oh, fuck! You know, like, I, I feel like he would have done that. would have been really funny. But, like, I didn't go all in on it. So, I feel like it just came off, like, complaining sort of thing. Um, but if you guys are wondering why part of that is, it's because all the anxiety that leads up into the show. That, that I'm just like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. the uh, That it just... I'm not intentionally, like, complaining or trying to, like, shit on the show. It's just, like, I'm trying to do self-deprecating humor... <laughs> And it's and it, and all, all, like I'm a, in a bad headspace because of all the fucking anxiety that went into the, the show in the first place.
0: That's also fun fact generally why you don't want talent to have to be producers on stuff like this because they're thinking about like the show and not their performance. Um,
1: yeah, I feel I feel like that would have been okay too if if it's just like not an improv show <laughs> where maybe nobody shows up. I feel like that that part is is also well, like didn't help. The,
0: the the second episode, you opened it by like downing a whole small wine glass of beer, and I'm like, yeah, I know Austin doesn't really drink that much. This <laughs> oh,
1: it's non-alcoholic beer. Uh, Anytime you saw me drinking, everything was non-alcoholic.
0: I was yeah. sold. I, 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 you, you got me. I thought you were taking like a courage drink and you were going for it. Because I'm like, that's what I worried. was
1: hoping to sell it as. <laughs> I was hoping to sell it as like, oh, fuck. We need. Because And uh, like those sort of things were things that we just came up with like 30 seconds prior. You know, I literally told Patrick, I was like, we were going to do some sort of like. And I was like, actually, let's just come on with me being like live chug. And I was like, I told my camera guy, I was like, I need you to be like very clear when we're, we're gonna start. And I actually thought that I started chugging and I was like, I'll start chugging. And like in a second or two, it'll it it'll go live. But I, they, I think they caught the full chug, like the moment I started drinking. Yeah, they did. Uh, Cause it was like, yeah, that glass was pretty full when the thing started. So yeah, that was, it was just a lot of stuff. Thankfully, uh, I have really good friends and uh, a lot of people showed up for me uh all the talent were fantastic everybody who like finished up the day would come to the bar even though they had had a very long day they would show up and they performed and you know like they they, didn't get paid for that (laughs) you know no they didn't they didn't get paid for that they got paid in free drinks and by drinks i probably mean only one drink because richie was the only person making drinks and he's also trying to be in the show at the same time so um but yeah a lot, gained a lot of respect for, for Richie um, during that whole thing. That's why I tried to give him so much shout-outs, because um, I think he was a really integral part of the success of the show. I think it would have been a much worse show without him.
0: You know, he's someone else with the cool hair. Maybe maybe, yep. maybe, maybe I'm a sucker for maybe I'm a sucker for cool hair. That's that's the running theme of the show.
1: that's <laughs> true. That's true. And I feel bad because I feel like he didn't get as much camera time as he probably deserved. And again, it's because he was the bartender. So like, how does he be in the show but also make everybody's drinks and keep the sh- keep the party going, you know? So I, I think yeah. the amount of like,
0: anxiety you had going into the project was super warranted and I think that like coming out the other end, like people were happy with what they saw. And and it wasn't a bad show.
1: So like I that's think so that's a win. Too. Looking back on it now and now if you asked me this yesterday, uh I did the third show. I didn't feel very good about the third show um afterwards. I mean once I finish it's like because it's all live, I have no fucking clue how how it is but the third day i actually did kind of have a bad feeling about it about my own performance i thought maybe the show was fine but i thought my job as a host uh, maybe did a bad job well um, i mean you got so, red clips
0: the third day because james was there
1: yes james was on exactly which also probably that, was, that also didn't feel really good because you know like james being there was i feel like that's a very clear like hey Caps hosting this show what would James be like if he was hosting this show? Like that—that's what I feel like. That that comparison was, you know, because I, I feel like James would do a very good job with a show like if
0: that. If I was trying to hire someone, he would probably be in the top three names to do the show.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So that also didn't feel great, you know. I was just like, ah, oh, man. Like I'm standing next to a guy that I'm that I'm just kind of like he probably would do a better job than me at this, <laughs> you know. So and you're like, oh fuck, great. I'm live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and uh yeah they the uh but we finished up the third show and then go to the after party and then i made the mistake of reading some reddit comments the only feedback the only feedback i'd gotten the entire time was one comment Oh no! <laughs> because nobody ever said anything about the show even though we had we would have like 36,000 viewers left over from watching the major and the numbers oh, would they actually leaving. go up. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they were. But our numbers actually went up instead of instead of just stagnating or, or going down. Mm-hmm. So that for me actually was like really encouraging. I was like, numbers are actually going up whenever we do this show. Like that means it has to be at least Retention. somewhat consumable. Yeah. yeah. Especially for a show that, you know, like, again, wasn't being advertised and nobody really knew about and wasn't the intention of a major, but, um, yeah. And, and then I read a negative comment talking about how, I how was, how I was really awkward as a host and complaining a bunch. And I was just like, I felt really bad, uh, about that situation afterwards. I was pretty mad just Maybe cause the, you know, I, I felt comments. like in a lot of ways I was set up to, to like, I feel like I wasn't set up for great success, you know, and so the fact that like I would come off badly uh, just made me feel bad and mad at the same time. Because the reason I feel bad is because I think that person was right. I agree that I think the third, the third day, I could have been better, you know. So I agree with that person. That's why that comment like actually strikes home. But then I also feel like, well, fuck me, like. There's a lot of shit that went into it, you know? (laughs) So that I, yeah, in general, I just have the, like, I'm happy I did it. It was like a cool experience and I think we made something really cool. But I also feel like at the same time, like nothing really came of it, you know? There didn't, there doesn't seem to be like a lot of people who were like, uh, like really tuned in. No, like, I don't feel like they didn't have like a big impact. And only really like made me potentially come off worse. So
0: I I, I don't know. I, I think I agree with you up until that very last point.
1: Mm. I, I, I I don't and
0: think I'm it probably made me just come just off being worse. Being too
1: self-critical.
0: Yeah, like j- j- just just a hair. I, I think that the, the self-awareness there is like super important. But but I don't think you came off worse because of it at all. That that feels like an overstep.
1: Um, I did get an insider um feedback from somebody within ESL that I trust very much about their feedback. And they actually said they liked the second day so much that they liked it better than the TI late game show. Um, so that, that to me felt like very, very high praise. So I was very happy with the second day. But yeah, maybe right. that's just the nature of doing a live show like that. It's not like you're never going to have... You can't. Maybe you just can't do great performances over and over again. Speaking of the TI late game show, um, I
0: have a I have a master plan to do a show that is better than that
1: at <laughs> Oh TI. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's yeah. better than that at TI and my you're gonna go to singapore my problem with this currently is that Mm -hmm. the news hit and in order for me to achieve this this goal this thing that's like rattling around in my head right now um is that i have to go to singapore and there are two schools of thought here cap there's two schools of thought one hand i am super excited about the prospect of going to singapore it is it is one of the countries on my list of places i want to visit
1: oh you're gonna be happy singapore is one of the few places i've been to a lot of different places and let me just say very very few there is only uh singapore and vancouver canada are the only two places that i've ever been that i'd be like i could live here I i would actually be down to live here i love singapore
0: i'm super excited to go to singapore uh, also, selfishly, if I go to Singapore, that means I'm probably going to take a vacation on the way home and like, go to New Zealand or something, which, yeah. I, which I also really want to go to. But that's... Well, mm-hmm. that's... I, I, I got to get that to to figure out. Of I have to get to Singapore in the first place. The other hand is that doing a show in Singapore will be expensive.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, boy, that's going to be expensive. Um so patreon.com slash <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> um, kidding um, but not really but but mostly kidding uh, TI in Singapore I thought that the way that they rolled out this announcement was fun even if it yes. was e- even if detective sleuths were able to tell like really early but as soon as people were h- hypothesizing that that's not a word is that a word as soon as yeah. people had the hypothesis that it was going to be Singapore based on the first set of photos that Val tweeted I got excited because I want to go to Singapore and the idea of having a TI in Southeast Asia just sounds lit.
1: Yes. I think this will be one of the best TIs um, from at least a fan perspective. Like I think Southeast Asia, I always love going to Southeast Asia for Dota events. I think they have the hypest crowds there. The only crowds that possibly rival Um, My love for the audience is uh, Birmingham, and that's because I feel like that crowd is very fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But nothing beats Southeast Asia when it just comes to raw enthusiasm and passion. So I think Singapore TI is going to be amazing. I think it's going to be one of the best just because of where it's at. So I'm very excited. Um, I think Valve made the right choice i think the way they did the announcement like you said was very good um and i think while yes i thought they were going to go back to europe to to bring back ti like obviously once they announce a stockholm major it feels like okay that's your like you sorry western europe you you didn't get a ti but here's a major you know like you, you could have this mm-hmm. um which to be honest the i i know they did not sell as many tickets as they were hoping the
0: to. Crowd looked the crowd, the, crowd, yeah. the crowd looked kind of... Th- I don't think they showed a lot of audience shots on purpose.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, I mean, it was relatively packed, but I also know that, like, they shrunk things down. And it's pretty disappointing. I was kind of disappointed in just, like, the Dota community, I guess, as a whole. But I also can't blame them, right? Because, like, if you were somebody who was going to show up for the Stockholm Major, very likely you were somebody who also booked tickets for TI. And you got burned really badly mm-hmm. if you did that, right? Twice, like <laughs> you, you, yeah, exactly. Potentially for some of those people, you got burned twice. You maybe booked tickets and stuff, uh, and hotels and all that sort of thing for Stockholm TI, and then maybe you also did it for for Romania as well. And that means you got burned twice. And I, and so you know, like, I can't really blame the the Dota community for. Like not not uh, really showing up in droves, but it did make me a little sad.
0: Dude, it kills me that I don't know what dates TIR. Oh yeah, it 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 it, it, it kills me that I that I can't go look at hotel prices right
1: now. So apparently there is an F one race that is going to be going on. Uh, in Singapore around those October dates. Oh,
0: dude, that's super cool, too.
1: That is is super cool, but it also means that also it just makes things more expensive if TI happens at the same time as the race. Uh, I am assuming they're going to avoid that, so I believe that means it's going to be uh, the latter half of October. That would be my assumption. But... I don't know if they can really also, like, consider those sorts of things. I have no idea, like, I'm assuming most how probably much booked. leeway they
0: yeah. can have. I feel like stuff's probably booked or, like, in finalization. It also looks like there has, there's two venues that I don't really, like, understand where they are. But Singapore's small and has good subway, so
1: <laughs> I guess we could figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I loved walking around Singapore. I Super can't wait cool. to do
0: that. I cannot. I'm yeah. so excited to do that. Assuming that I go. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go. The only reason yeah. that I wouldn't go is if Liquid doesn't make it to TI.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you're locked in. Don't worry, everything's gonna be fine. Also, uh, like uh, Singapore is expensive to like live there and stuff, but uh, I will say that like getting food and stuff is actually pretty cheap. There, the I think I feel like. Um, Somebody told me this that like living in Singapore, just like day to day, is actually very cheap. It's the, you know, buying a home or having a car or not much land. Getting hotels, very small shit like that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But um so
0: well, I'm excited about the announcement, if nothing else. Uh I'm also excited uh for the fact that people for some reason choose to give us money every month on patreon.com side poll which I somehow snuck in the episode money. three times I know you like money I got a Venmo you by the way um, <laughs> uh, there's there, there, there's a question I think to round out our May questions uh, for people who who subscribe with five dollars a month or more they can ask questions on the show we do it at the end good way to wrap up sometimes the curveballs because I forget what I wrote down like this one <laughs>
1: Uh, B Brain says, Hopefully you didn't already cover this in the main podcast. Any good books, movies, TV shows you've seen read recently? Have you seen Everywhere, Everything, All at Once? That that movie? Everything, Everywhere, that? All at
0: Once? Did, I, did, yeah. I, did we not talk about this on the show? We must not have. Right? I don't think so. Oh man, someone might be mad at us if
1: we did. I don't think we did. Did you love it?
0: I... Loved it.
1: I figured. I mean, everybody seems to 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 love that. It might I actually. Seen, I haven't seen that. In my and top And I also haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. I, I was supposed no, to go to the opening whatever, that, whatever, and then whatever. I had a cold when I came back. But whatever. I, I I should see the other thing.
0: You should go see everything everywhere all at once. I think that it is the last time I walked out of a movie theater and went, "Oh wow, that was like." really good and also like art was when i saw parasite and both everything everywhere in parasite are probably in my top five movies of all time at this point which again people wow. know i don't watch a ton of movies so like you know i probably have less movie critic credit than say you know uh, phil Aram or or charlie yeah. or other people but like those high high respect towards that movie for a lot of reasons um I know that we haven't talked about uh games we've been playing in a hot minute because we've been busy and like also playing a little bit of Dota. Um mm-hmm. but I got a Steam Deck.
1: Yeah, Slacks brought his Steam Deck to the major. I got a I got a handle on it.
0: it looks pretty cool. I was ups I-, I wasn't sure if I was correct in purchasing one. I thought that I could potentially be wasting hundreds and hundreds of dollars. As soon yeah. as I got it, I was I was um satisfied with my purchase. I am someone who plays okay. their switch handheld more than they play it on the dock. I love being able to like lay in bed and play play like a handheld game with something else on the TV on the second screen. Um, and I did that a lot with my Steam deck because as soon as I got my Steam deck, I paid like literally 20 hours of Vampire survivors, which is like not a game that I needed to play <laughs> for 20 hours, but holy shit was I that game that game is like dopamine uh, crack, which I think is mm. just crack, crack. I played a lot of Vampire Survivors, and then also um, there is a game that is in super early access that combines two of my favorite things that I was really happy to try out and have been satisfied with so far, which is Slay the Spire and Peggle. It's called Peglin, and <laughs> yes. The game is early access. Let me be clear about that. I should probably recommend it. Is it is
1: very early access.
0: I should recommend it to someone when it comes out in probably like a year yes. and is polished and has better sound effects and a little better balance and stuff like that. But even the earliest early access version, I went, I like this. Because it has two things that I both really like, which is, you know, some some, some roguelike and more Slay the spire rogue like mixed with Pagel, and Pagel is like very casually a game that has a very big part of my heart. So um, would recommend Peglin for if those two things also interest you as much as they interest me.
1: <laughs> uh, it's it's funny listening to you uh, advertise uh, I highly recommend Peglin. <laughs> Sounds a lot like pegging to me. <laughs> highly recommend pegging. You should definitely try that out. You know, your G-spot is in your anus.